0: Looking for more professional learning free as a benefit of your union membership? OEA's upcoming quarter catalog is available now at grow.oregoned.org. You're listening to OEA Grow, a member-led production of the Oregon Education Association and a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. OEA Grow is by members for members. In Season 9, it's Back to School with host Malik White.
1: Hello, welcome back to Season 9 of OEA Grow, a member-led production of the Oregon Education Association and a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. My name is Malik White, and I'm the host for this year's Back to School season of the podcast. Today, we are excited to be talking with Andrina Velasco, the Grow Your Own Pathway Navigator for David Douglas School District. Uh, To get things started for today, can you explain to the listeners what a Grow Your Own program is?
0: Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Malik. And that was a killer intro. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A Grow Your Own program, I would say, in essence, is a way to make our educator workforce more human um, so that we can really represent our student population. Um, Technically, it's a program to fund and to support um, specifically BIPOC educators, future BIPOC educators on their pathway to becoming teachers, um, but also hopefully like becoming counselors, psychologists, like all of our educator workforce. And then for current teachers who are BIPOC teachers to advance, um, into administrative roles, um, ultimately our hope, our dream is that, as I said, like all students, BIPOC students, white students, all students will have in their educational experience, uh, highly qualified BIPOC educator as part of their career, educational career.
1: Wow, that sounds amazing. And and can you tell the listeners about the importance of having a BIPOC educator?
0: Yeah. Um, You don't know what you don't know. And it's hard, especially as children, to imagine ourselves in – a role if we've never seen someone do that role. And because of so many reasons, historically, systemically, institutionally, um, in this country's history, um, we our educator workforce is primarily white, um, middle class, female, and that's not our student population. Our student population is represents like who we are, which is like people of all sorts of races, ethnicities, uh, gender orientations. And if you're going to school every single day and not seeing your experience reflected in the people who are taking care of you, the people who are guiding you, um, how will we ever imagine ourselves in that role? So that's one thing, just like making it possible for children to see themselves as teachers, see themselves as educators. That's why grow your own programs are important. That's why the funding and removing the barriers that BIPOC folks have had in becoming educators is important. But the other thing too is like, and your example is the perfect example. I mean, Malik, you were a David Douglas graduate. You experience the process of being in the David Douglas School District, you graduated from it and you came back to the community. And tell me, like, how do your students feel seeing you in your classroom?
1: Well, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of my students, you know, um, sixth graders, sometimes they don't really realize it. But my eighth graders, they the begin the year, they don't notice until half, halfway and they start thinking about high school. And then they start mm-hmm. asking me questions. And then it's really funny when we start talking about coaches or teachers, people, staff members up at the high school. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know them. I know them from being an educator but also being a student. And so it's it's definitely a, a quite the honor to be mm-hmm. making that full circle. I'm excited to see what the future has in store. But uh, one thing I definitely want to make sure that we highlight is um, – could you explain just to our listeners, to all the members in the Oregon Educator Association, why Grow Your Own programs are important and how they could be beneficial to their school districts if they don't have a Grow Your Own program?
0: Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I think is most beautiful about Grow Your Own programs is how they make our profession so much richer Um And going back to just thinking about you and your experience, like um, imagine like having a colleague who has been a student in that school, you know, the perspective that they can give you of like, this is what worked. This is what definitely didn't work when I was a student. This is what mattered to me. And this was, was, did not matter to me. And like the kinds of changes that can happen. So specifically in your school, how you were able to like, pushed the equity team to remove the hats and hoods policy. And I mean, that wouldn't have happened if you've had personal experiences, you see your students having those experiences, and it wouldn't have happened if you weren't there. And same with my personal experience in being a person of color, a teacher of color, getting together with other teachers of color through for our association, like Equity Sparks, um they we came together and we started to do something that Bettina loves called freedom dream. We started to think about like, what does it mean when we come together as folks of color and say like the curriculum that we're teaching our students is whack? You know, it doesn't really represent anything that we believe in and that we want this, the, the students don't see themselves. They're reading books that are not about them. Um we're focusing on things that don't matter. And so when we came together like that, we started pushing the district and pushing our union to be able to to take a hard look at that and say, yeah, we do need a better curriculum. We do need more representation in our teaching staff. And so I would say to all members, like having folks who are your colleagues that have different experiences can only enrich your experience. That's always been my experience whenever i have a colleague that you know ha- comes speaks a different language or comes from a different community that's not my community i i'm eager to connect with them um especially if i have students and families from that community so i think that as as a profession we it's on us to like always evolve as teachers we're learners like we want to learn and change and transform with our students, with our families. And so um, Grow Your Own is one way, not the only way, but one way that we can remove the barriers that our students of color have faced in the pathway to becoming teachers. So I can say specifically this summer I taught, um, I taught a group of high school students. They just recently graduated. They were all students of color and um, they were working in the summer schools. Two things. First of all, we showed them a clip of student organized, student, Chicano students organizing for ethnic studies in the 60s. And we asked, and these were like 30 high school students who had just graduated. Some of them had taken USAP history. And we asked them, did you know about this? And zero of them knew. So to me, that's an injustice. Like, how can you graduate and not know about student organizing, especially Chicano student organizing, when the majority of the students were Latinx? So there's a, there's a problem there. And then the second thing we ask them is, have you had a teacher of color or who's had the biggest impact in the 13 years that you've been in school? A lot of them said zero and some of them said one. So imagine that, like that's, these are 30 BIPOC students graduating from our East Portland schools, and that's been their experience. And they were brilliant, the lessons that they were coming up with, the community that they were building in their classrooms. Um, And a lot of them are eager now to go into this field. So I think that allowing, yeah, them to be, go have that opportunity will only make our profession better.
1: No, seriously. And I just love hearing that. Um, you know, that's you, you highlighted a few things. It made me think about my experience as a student. I never had an educator of color, and that was a huge reason why I became an educator. Um, but be, even before I started studying or declared education, I went and my uh, majored in history. And the reason for that was because the lack thereof learning my history, you know, the history that is connected to my, you know, my ethnicity. And um, I definitely felt liberated when I learned that, that, that history in college. And, it, you know, you think about it, it's unfortunate that I had to pay so much uh, money to learn that. However,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and now I know the, the importance and the value and so it's a beautiful thing to hear about these, the Grow Your Own program, hearing that, you know, there's a, uh, we're building bridges to get more kids of color, BIPOC educators, uh, you know, getting them in the classrooms. I just, I just love it. Uh, one thing I want to ask you is, can you tell us more about, you know, your experience this summer and, you know, this is your pathway to your position today in this school district and, like... Are you new to David Douglas School District? Have you been in the district for a while? Um, I have a few more questions, but we'll leave it there.
0: Yeah. First of all, I want to say that what you just mentioned, the fact that it was in college and that you had to pay for college. I mean, in addition to like doing all the work to get into it. And that's when you learned about who you are and your history. That's... I don't know if I can say the words here, but it's an injustice. You know what I'm saying? And Dr. Goldie Mohammed says it's an injustice that children have to wait till they go to college to learn about who they are. That process needs to start. It starts in the home, of course, but that process needs to start from preschool, kindergarten, first grade, identity work, art, history, art community like that needs to be a core component of our curriculum um and so so that's one thing i wanted to say with regards to your experience um and what you mentioned i think that that's the experience of a lot of students and a lot of people um and my own pathway is similar um i i feel like it was only when so i i became a bilingual um so a bilingual assistant first, and then I joined the bilingual teacher pathway at Portland State University, and it was there that I found the power of being around people um, who had similar, somewhat similar, and different experiences for me. So we were all bilingual. A lot of people from different countries, so immigrants like me, coming together to learn to evolve. Um, And that happened to me at the master's level. So I had to wait till getting a master's in education to have that experience. Um, And with some of those folks I'm still connected with today. That was like 15 years ago. So part of having that experience in the bilingual teacher pathway, becoming a bilingual educator, um, and then becoming an early childhood special education teacher and being the only Latina teacher in my school Um, in East Portland, where most of the students were students of color, a lot of Latino students, obviously, the way that I was connecting with families, connecting with students was different. But still, um, at that point, I I didn't feel empowered to really, like, say, like, you know, I'm a teacher of color, and I'm going to be teaching things this way, you know, from my experience, because I was the only one. And so... It was when I came together with other folks in our district through the affinity group that Equity Sparks at OEA helped us start um, is when I realized, wait a minute, like there's other people having this experience, like, and there's power in us coming together. And so that coming together, we started to advocate. And so in our district, we started to present to our school board and to our district leadership, like, we want more teachers of color. We want a culturally responsive curriculum. And it was the moment like, you know, strike when the hammer is hard. It was 2020. George Floyd had just been murdered. There are millions of people on the streets. Like people were listening. They're not listening in the same way now, but it was a moment that we could really like push people forward. And I think that since then, thankfully with some good leadership, we've been able to keep pushing this grow your own program and different curriculum, but it's, it never stops. We constantly have to, to push ourselves to, 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 you know, I just went, I just listened to Zaretta It's like to be insurgents, you know, like to work within the system to change the system. So um, yeah. So that's kind of like my overall pathway. I've been in higher ed. Now I'm in, this position. So I'm, I'm just stoked to be able to support folks in their pathway.
1: And you mentioned a, a few things that I want to make sure we highlight for the listeners. Um, the Goldie Muhammad quote, could you mention to listeners that article, possibly the name of it?
0: So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Dr. Goldie Muhammad wrote Cultivating Genius. Um, and sh- her current book is... Um, unearthing joy, but in her first book, Cultivating Genius, um, she builds out a framework called Historically Responsive um, Literacy Framework for us to develop our, you know, curriculum that has four pursuits. We should always be um, supporting students to learn more about who they are, their identity. Um, Intellectualism. So we should always be supporting our students to become smarter about something. Then there's the skills, and that's what we've been focusing on all this time, like your ABCs, your one, two, threes, your facts. But that's not all of education. Then there's another component, the criticality. How do you make your, how do you look critically at our world? And so that is a full holistic education that um, Dr. Goldie Mohammed posits, and it's based on the Freedom Schools that. Um, liberated enslaved folks founded themselves because that system didn't even exist so um so with all that said what she says is like we shouldn't be waiting till go to college to have that kind of experience that experience has to be in our system from the moment our students walk through the doors from our environment to our curriculum to the, the teachers that are in front of them so that's one piece yeah
1: that, that's just, yeah, that's just beautiful. And uh, uh, all the listeners out there, I highly recommend you reach out, uh, look up that resource and get it, read it. You'll love it. Uh, another thing you mentioned was Affinity Spaces. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's my next question. Can you explain to us what Affinity Spaces mean to you and their importance on Your pathway today. You've kind of already talked about that. However, Mm -hmm. I really just want to make sure the listeners are able to hear about the value inside of Affinity Spaces.
0: I have to, um, I really have to say that, how how do you say, like, my love and appreciation for Teresa at OEA, who started Equity Sparks. Um, I know she's retired, but she really was, you know, when you think of a mother, you know, mother gives birth, Uh, mother loves on, you know, and I really, truly believe in that. And then um, a mother also like steps away when it's necessary to let her children grow. And I think that um, that's something that uh, Teresa did for us through Equity Sparks, because just getting us together in a space members, BIPOC members from all over the state just to heal, connect, dream together um, and and learn that this is our union too, you know, that, that was a transformative experience for me. And I know for hundreds of other people. So I think that's the power of affinity. It's just in getting folks together to have conversations that unfortunately, because of the way that our system is baked, like there's never time. We're always too stressed out. We're burning out. We can't have conversations about, wait a minute, like you're having that experience. I'm having that experience. That's not okay. Like, what are we going to do about it? Oh, you're teaching that book. That book is dope. Like I want to teach that book. So, so to me, affinity is a healing space. It's a revolutionary space, um, it's a fun space like i just i like to have fun so <laughs> i like to have fun let loose you know so i sometimes i don't feel like I can, I can let loose in a space that you know is is all white you know and sometimes i can let loose but in a different way so to me affinity means all of those things and i am constantly seeking folks um, out who Because also they're always I'm always learning from other BIPOC educators. Like it's just the best resource for me. And I would I would push our white members to also seek out affinity for anti-racist white educators. Because I'm sure that especially if you're trying to push on your system, you might be feeling isolated as well. So seeking out spaces like in our district it's called Bar We, you know, like places where you can connect with other white anti-racist educators and have those deep conversations. Cause, um, you know, at and the coming together in solidarity, um, all of us. So affinity is essential to my practice and I'm always seeking it out to be better, um, to be better and to be more like whole.
1: Yeah, no. And, you know, affinity, um, Fading spaces are vital. You know, there's so much healing takes place. So much liberation takes place. You're so free. You, you know, they're truly therapeutic. Um, unfortunately, it looks like we're starting to run out of time for today's episode. However, before, you know, before we wrap this thing up, um, I really want to make sure that we, that I ask you, is there anything else you'd like to tell us or share with us any resources, materials, uh, authors, quotes, Mm -hmm. golden nuggets that you would like to drop on the listeners before we have to uh, unfortunately call it this, today's episode in?
0: Well, I want to say if you are a BIPOC teacher, um, definitely reach out to OEA in terms of our equity sparks so that you can find affinity. Um, And also, if you know BIPOC students or families or classified staff, like your assistants, custodians, school bus drivers, folks who are interested, excited about working with students, like connect them to the Grow Your Own program. Um, If there isn't one in your district, reach out to OEA so they can connect you to, other ones that are available in the state level. Um, So that's one thing. And I would say like continue to nurture your students so that they, they see that. I mean, it's like um, Nicole Watson, who's a principal here in uh, Park Road school district said like, we have to change the image of teaching and education. Like teaching is dope. Like, you are doing something revolutionary every single day, showing up for students, showing up to create a liberated space for them where they can see themselves, be be affirmed. But... Often teaching like students think it's whack, so there's something that we have to change about the image of how they feel in our spaces. So I would say like continue to nurture how the the revolutionary, liber, liberatory aspect of our of our practice, um, so that our students will be um, empowered and inspired to to be part of our profession.
1: That's all I have to say. <laughs> No, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome.
0: For more OEA professional learning opportunities, visit grow.oregonad.org.